The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Foot First Podiatry. Painful bunions, then it's time to get your bunion fixed with Foot First Podiatry's exclusive Sklar Bunionectomy. No scars, no casts, no crutches, no kidding. For more information about the Sklar Bunionectomy, visit footfirst.com. And by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years, makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Sportscaster and Her Son, where sports bridges the gap between the generations. I'm your co-host, Peggy Kaczynski, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster from NBC Chicago. I'm the baby boomer, and I'm the mom. And I am Jason Canander. I am a now second-semester sophomore at the University of Texas at Austin. I'm involved in Texas student television, Southside Sox, you know, the, the whole gist. And I'm Generation Z. I'm happy to be on, happy to be on winter break. Oh, I love that. Hey, thank you everyone who has followed us on YouTube, our website, and listening to wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to download us when you get a chance. Please pass the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And don't forget, just in time for holiday shopping, uh, we do have some fan merchandise. And merchandise is available. There's lots of deals going on, like 35% off. At least once a month, we have it. The best place to get our link to our merchandise is actually to go to our website, uh, sportscasterandherson.com. That's where you can see everything that we have available to us. Hoodies, stickers, so much more. Don't forget, go to our link at the sportscasterandherson.com. You'll see the link on the front page. It goes right from our website to our T Public fan merch store. Okay, so it's true. We don't always get along, but there's definitely a love of sports that we both share, and that's why we started this podcast. And Jason, there is a love of the Chicago Bears that we both share. Uh, you as a fan growing up and me as a reporter covering the team for 17 years. My first week on the job, actually, uh, covering the Bears was when they fired Mike Ditka in January. That leads us to the whole topic of how frustrating this team has been. And and in the season when there's 17 games, I just want them to stop. Just stop it, you know? And, and instead, we just have to continue to watch the bleeding. It's been really frustrating. Yeah, it's it. I feel like it's like this every single year. It's uh, definitely incredibly frustrating, especially knowing that we're at the end of this Matt Nagy, hopefully potentially Ryan Pace as well era. Um, and I think that Bears fans and reporters alike are just kind of restless for change to come and can't come soon enough. That, that's for sure. It seems like every breath that Matt Nagy takes is completely ripped apart on Twitter. It seems like every move that Ryan Pace makes is completely berated on Twitter and on other social medias. And I personally, as a fan, am just kind of sick and tired of that because at the end of the day, yes, the Bears are a complete mess. Yes, whatever happens at the end of the season is going to further their, this hole that they're in. But eventually change does need to come. In the case of this organization, change should have happened a year or two ago, and it didn't. And we all knew it was going to be a mistake. And now at the tail end of the season, it has been a clear mistake. 
So the Bears need to get this right. It seems like I, that exact phrase is something that I said last year with the quarterback position, and now we're saying it this year with the head coaching position, potentially the general manager. What's it going to be next year? Let's bring in former Bear Pro Bowl and All-Pro Center Olin Krutz, now with NBC Sports Chicago's Bears Studio Show and 670 The Score Radio. Olin, I don't even know where to start, but in your 14 years in the NFL and almost all of it with the Chicago Bears, like, have you ever been this frustrated with this team? Yeah, I, I, think, I think we all have, right? I think Mark Tressman era. Uh, there were some times I played under Dick Jerron. He was about to get fired. Uh, we were going through all of that where they cut Ted Washington and getting rid of guys like that, and that was frustrating. Uh, at the end of, um, you know, we, we went to Super Bowl in 2006. They trade Thomas Jones. That was frustrating, right, Instead of going to Cedric Benson. 2009, I remember being in Baltimore and them asking me about firing Lovey Smith, and I said, look, La Ronde, the Chicago Bears, and it, and it starts from the top to the bottom, right? And I remember saying that then, and we were frustrated even then at the way the – organization was run and people coming after Lovey and thinking, man, I don't know if you guys think Lovey's the problem. Uh, you guys don't really know what the problem is. Right. And I posted on Twitter the other day, an article that David Hall wrote about me, you know, uh, Jerry Angel calling me into his office, talking about what I had said, what I meant by the, the organization was broke from top to bottom. So my biggest worry, Peggy, is that they don't really know what's wrong. And four years from now, you're going to call me again, again and say, Olin, can you come on our podcast and talk about the same thing? Yeah, you know, you bring up a great point. Here I am saying, have you ever been this frustrated? And you're like, yeah, I've been this yeah. frustrated continuously with this team. So I, I, I guess what surprises me, let, me, let me just ask you this, first of all, as as one of the more notable former players um, still in the area, uh, you covered the team as a, an, a studio analyst. Uh, I did a, um, a couple of appearances recently with Lance Briggs and Matt Forte. Uh, we, we have had uh, Jimbo Covert on mm-hmm. this show. And I got to tell you that I am so stunned that um, so many players are speaking out uh, as openly as you guys are doing and how frustrated they are at the lack of in- inclusion uh, from the Chicago Bears. Um, is that because, you know, do you not worry about you know being left out? Have they have they called you since you retired and said, hey, we, we would appreciate it if you weren't, you know, so uh, rough on the team or tough on the team? <laughs> I, I'm I'm really surprised the number of players who are speaking out. Yeah, especially the ones who don't do analyst work, right? The ones who yeah. just get called, and, and, and they also. But it's only because uh, whoever's played for the Chicago Bears, uh, you end up loving the team so much, right? And you want to see the team do well. And and a lot of these former players do have a wealth of knowledge on how to – what they see from especially their position and the guys coming up. Uh, say, you know, Lance Briggs is a linebacker. Lance obviously does analyst, analyst work. But say Jimbo Covert. Jimbo Covert, Tevin Jenkins, Peggy, I mean – he had a back injury. Jimbo Covert has a back injury. Jimbo Covert's a Hall of Fame left tackle. Why wouldn't you call Jimbo Covert and ask him about recovering from a back injury at left tackle and what you had to go through and things of that nature? How do you think Tevin Jenkins uh, should recover from his rehab and how should we bring him back and just ask a guy questions that has actually been there? Uh, it absolutely makes no sense to me, but I'm not shocked that the former players speak out. It's only because uh, they care for the Chicago Bears, and when someone asks them, they should give their opinion. Now, as far as them calling me, uh, to be honest with you, I have talked to a couple of them. Of course, I won't say their name, but 
Uh, they'll say to me, you know, only they all know me, Peggy, like you do. Uh, they're not shocked by the things I say, right? And I, they say, as long as you you feel like you're being honest, uh, we really can't argue with you. And you know, if they want to argue about it, I, I, I'm fine. I'll argue with them about how wrong they are, right? I remember calling people last year, telling them like, if you keep Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, and next year it doesn't work out, man, you're going to be in a deep hole. And here we are. Yeah, God, we're talking about it all over again. I'm going to let Jason ask a question here, but I did want to ask you something because I remember um, back in the day when I was covering you guys, when you were playing, uh, and the eye rolls we would get from players every time any of the 85 Bears were speaking out against the team. And the 85 Bears were frustrated or upset with how guys were playing. So do you think that they are afraid that the players would tune out um, some former players that just now, you know, don't have anything better to do than to, you know, criticize the team? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure they will. And, and that's the way we felt when we played. But but hopefully, like for me, when Jay Hilgenberg walked in and he said something to me, uh, man, why, why wouldn't you listen to Jay Hilgenberg, uh, one of the greatest centers of all time, and he played in the Chicago Bears uniform. So uh, while it does offend you, uh, you are listening and you're saying to yourself, okay, is this guy watching film? Is he really studying? Uh, what he's saying, or is he just throwing things out there to try to make a splash and try to offend us? And if, as long as uh, there's some respect and as long as the guy is saying the truth, uh, you can't be mad about that. You can't be mad about the truth. Someone looking at the film and saying, look, you need to work on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. My question is a little bit similar to the second question, but it's kind of on the flip side. If you look at the bears, obviously it's no secret. The two things that they frequently mess up are probably the two most important things in running a football team, and that's head coach and quarterback. And basically everything that they've tried hasn't worked, and we've talked a lot about the input of the former players, how they can't really control what the former players say. Do you think that they should use the former players to their benefit, maybe use it as some input, as some insight? Because nobody knows what has went wrong more than the former players who lived it out every practice and every game. Yeah, really interesting question. And, 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 and because I say that, because the answer, I think, is a little different than most people expect it to be. Look, I think the Chicago Bears' biggest mistake they've made is convince themselves that the quarterback is their problem, right? They can't get to – I think they ask themselves the same questions we're all saying, right? What's wrong with our building? How do we get to a good, the good head coach? Here's my question I would ask George McCaskey if I was in a room with him. What is your philosophy? What do you believe in? What do you want to be? I heard one time I read Mike Dicka said that his philosophy was like George Hallis's philosophy. We're going to hit you in the mouth. And when we're done doing that, we're going to hit you in the mouth again. And I know that sounds like a meatball take. And I'm a meatball. Uh, your mom knows that better than anybody. I'm a meatball and that's the way I live. But here's the thing about that. What I'm saying is that guides who you hire as your coach. That guides who you draft to put on your team. I don't think these guys know what they want to be. I think if you ask them what their philosophy was, they wouldn't really know. And that's why you end up with Mark Tressman, and then you go to opposite with John Fox, and then you go to opposite with Matt Nagy. Because you don't have a set of ethos that guides your philosophy, that guides who you hire, who do you want to be every day. It doesn't mean something is right or wrong. It means this is what we are. This is who we want to be. So you go, you go and you hire the head coach who represents exactly what you want to be. It's like if you have a family. Your family stands for something. This is who we are. Every day of the week, 24-7, this is what we are. This is what we believe in. Whether you agree with it or not, this is what we are all the time. So I think they don't know what they are that. And then to your second question, as far as a quarterback, how do you develop somebody if you don't surround him 
with the infrastructure that can develop, that does operate at a high level, that holds the standard of the building. So a quarterback comes in and he doesn't have the support. Look, this is a tough place to play quarterback, man. I mean, people are watching you. They're talking about you all the time. The criticism comes from everywhere. Former players, uh, you know, at practice. I remember I, I, my first my first practice in New Orleans. I walked out. There was one media person there, right? And nobody knew who this guy was, okay? You walk on the field in Chicago and you have Hall of Famers, Dan Pompey. You have Brad Biggs. You have national writers. You have people who are extremely good at their job. And everything you do is under a microscope. And what I'm trying to tell you is this. They need people in that building just as good at their job helping them handle that. Yeah, I. the, the most interesting thing, in my opinion, with that answer is that for the longest time, the Bears and, and all their fans and everyone has thought that it's been the quarterback position that needs to be the point of emphasis. Do you think having somebody like Justin Fields with such a high ceiling and so much upside will almost complicate the search for a new head coach, do you think that the Bears might overcompensate and might go a little bit too in on the idea of an offensive coach when every time that they've won in their history, it still has been from defense, even if the NFL is going in the opposite direction? Yeah, look, I don't know what they're going to do because what we just talked about, I don't know what they – I really don't know what they believe. They could. They could do what you said they're going to do, and they could go totally opposite and get a defensive guy because they don't want Matt Nagy anymore. Like, I don't really know what they're going to do. As far as Justin Fields, man, I don't know how you can't like – uh, what you see from that quarterback. I don't know how you can't like him, the way he competes, the way he competed in Pittsburgh when he walked on that field uh, and they needed a touchdown to take the lead. And you just believed when he walked on that field, even with all the towels waving and everybody yelling that they were going to score just because the way he carried himself, right? And he comes back with those cracked ribs and uh, lasers calling those plays for whatever reason to get him hit. And he competes the whole game. I saw something today. I think it was in a Green Bay game. He gets hit. He's laying on the ground. Everybody's checking on him, and he starts doing push-ups. Man, I love that stuff, man. You know what I mean? Like, I just love a guy who competes like that, who wants to be out there on the field with his teammates. You could tell even in that game uh, when the Green Bay Packers took the lead and the game was out of reach, he was still trying to score, man. He was just trying to his team on the field competing. I've been in, in huddles with quarterbacks, right, where they get the play and we're out of it, and they're like, why are we doing this? Just run the ball. Run the clock out. Take a knee. Right. That's that's not leading. That's not competing. I think he has that. And it's funny you're, to, to the question. Other question is Coach Nagy said at the beginning of the year uh, he wanted multipliers. He said that in, in a, uh, his end of the year press conference. We have to look for multipliers. By that, he meant we have to find guys who make people better. Justin Fields, to me, I'm hoping he raises the level of everybody in that building. Right. It's a hard thing to do. I've seen Brian Erlacher do it. Brian Erlacher is a first ballot Hall of Fame player. He raised everybody's level through his whole career. He carried that building on his shoulders for a long time. All you got to do is look at the stats. When he was in the game and when he was out of the building, you just got to look at the way the team played and the way the defense played. And it was totally different. No matter who was there, no matter who wasn't there, when Brian Erlacher was standing on the field, uh, we were competing at the end of the game because we had one of the best guys ever to play the position in the NFL. The, the Bears need someone like that to help raise everybody's level in their building. Back to our conversation in a minute. But first, have you ever dealt with bunions? I have. It got to the point that I couldn't even wear any shoes without having shooting pain. Even at night, I couldn't even pull the covers over my foot. It hurt so bad. It didn't matter if I was wearing slippers or boots, gym shoes working out, or heels for a night out. The pain was intolerable. 
I finally decided to do something about it. That's when I heard about Foot First Podiatry and their exclusive procedure, the Sklar Bunionectomy. It has you on your feet the day after surgery. Are you kidding? Well, I had to see it to believe it. And you know what? They were right. Surgery was easy. I am so glad I did it. I walked out of surgery in a boot, no cast, no crutches, walking the same day. And you can be back in a gym shoe in two weeks. When I look at my foot now, there's no visual scar. And best of all, I am pain-free. So ladies and guys, don't walk around in pain like I did for years. Visit footfirst.com. So Olin, I'm 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 wearing one of our podcast T-shirts here, which is the list of all the Chicago Bears quarterbacks since 1992. And when we had Ron Turner on the show, I was a little surprised by Jason's question to him, saying, uh, "Should Justin Fields have any say in his future coaches with the Chicago Bears?" And I thought, "Oh my gosh, this kid's a rookie. Uh, why would they? Why would they go to him? He's not Aaron Rodgers, you know. He's not Tom Brady." But Ron Turner actually said, well, in a way, yeah, you want to find out. You want someone who is like-minded as the quarterback, who's thinking the same way, who understands like they're on the same page. And I, I thought I had not thought of it that way. Do you think that Justin Fields should have some kind of input on you know who coaches him and Second part is, do you fear that there is any irreparable damage being done to Justin Fields with just the season that he has endured this year? Yeah, it's been a tough season. I think he said the other day that he's never been an underdog this much in his career, right? So it's something he has to learn. Uh, he's got to keep his mental health strong, obviously, going through those uh, uh, the downs they've been through this year. That Cleveland game was tough, but he came back, and he keeps showing us that he will bounce back. You don't have to worry about him. I like when he brings a little bit of arrogance to the podium. I enjoy that. I like when he talks a little bit of trash, too. I like when Montgomery gets mad at people for asking him questions. All that says to me is they're competitive, right? If I say something bad about the team and someone hates my guts, I kind of like that. I like that kind of guy who doesn't want you saying stuff about him or his teammates. That's the kind of guy you want to build him. As far as Justin Fields, the head coach, man, what, what a big job for a guy in his second year. Right. What a responsibility that would be. It makes sense. It makes sense that he that is the most important relationship. Right. The head coach and the quarterback. It makes sense that he should be there deciding. I mean, maybe if he just says there's one guy I really don't want. And then at least he feels like this is his organization. This is his team. Um, I don't know if at 22 or 23 years old, I would have known what was actually good for me uh, in a locker room, in a building. So much goes into being a leader of a whole team, a whole franchise. The head coach is your guy. He sets the standard every day in your building. He's the guy who sets the standard at practice, makes everybody pay attention to details. And I had a great coach tell me one time, once the standard slips, it's gone. So that guy is very important. As far as a young quarterback being a part of the hiring process, uh, it's a question I never even thought of. You're talking about a shrink staff, you're talking about a training staff, you're talking about a nutritionist, you're talking about the cook, you're talking about what do you believe in, how early should we go to a game, what hotel should we stay in. These are all things a coach has to handle. So I do like the fact that he's just there like, eh, I don't know, maybe I don't know about this one guy because you definitely don't want to hire a guy that rubs Justin Fields the wrong way. Can a college coach be a head coach in the NFL with success? We haven't seen very much of it at all. No, we, we haven't. Definitely it's not a this hard year. Thing. No, it's a hard thing. Like you heard about 
Urban Myers um, kicked the, the 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 kicker in the leg, and we all know it probably was kind of like a playful kick. But if a grown man tells you, "Look, don't kick me in my leg," that's it. I think the kicker said he said, you know, this is a he said she said TMZ now, but um, the kicker said he said, "I'm the head coach, mother." Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing about grown men: they don't care if you're the president of the United States. Don't put your hands on me. Don't do it. Right. So that's something college coaches have to learn. Coaching in college and coaching uh, men in the NFL is extremely different. And that's why I don't think you see a lot of success coming out of college. I think a guy like Nick Saban could do it. I think a guy who, who runs who runs his team like an NFL team, uh, recruits guys out at a high level football players, uh, but but also understands what goes into coaching NFL, coaching men on that level. And really in the NFL, you have to earn their respect first. You have to show them as long as you're making someone better at what they're doing, you're helping them the job, you're helping them get to their dream, get to their goal. You know, how are you helping me get better? How are you helping me put food on my family's table? How are you helping me get to my second contract? As long as you show them you're helping them get to where they want to go, they will listen to you and let them lead you. So, yeah, as we keep talking about looking forward to – next season, season after. Um, if the Bears do clean house, there are going to be just absolute plethora of moves, especially considering some of the contracts on the team, um, some of the situations of the players. Who do you think sticks around? Because looking at the roster, I can really only say that I think that the untouchables, so to speak, would be Justin Fields and maybe Roquan Smith. And just the younger guys, right? Mooney will probably be here. Cole Komet, uh will be here. Larry Bourne will be here. Tevin Jenkins will be here. Uh, I don't know about Eddie Eddie Goldman. He hasn't played very well this year yet. Uh, Roqu- Eddie Jackson will be here. Uh, Jalen Johnson will be here. Uh, there is young guys in the building, good football players, guys that we just talked about. You have to develop, man. You have to get them to where they got to go. Cody Whitehair will be here. Will James Daniels be here? I think he's a very good offensive lineman, although he's taking a few steps back, uh, I thought, the last couple of weeks. But you have to develop these guys. And just as an offensive line, which, you know, I, I love to talk about, uh, they haven't developed an all-pro type player, a pro bowler in years. They haven't drafted a guy in years. And they need someone like James Daniels or Cody Whitehair to turn into this dominant offensive lineman. So those are just a few names of guys I think that will still be here. But uh, the Bears, when you start talking about, like, should they hire a football guy, should they listen to former players, um, they need to find somebody who can help them with that process of, okay, you guys need to understand like the whole building affects the player. Everybody you hire affects the player. And if the job is not being doing right, even on the smallest of levels, even the media room, if you're not running the media room, right, that, that trickles into the team. And now because it's not, not uh, a play at a high level at every spot in the building. Now you're just a flash in the pan, but that, I mean, you have one good year and then you're gone again. There's just no consistency kind of bouncing off of that how do you think that the front office is going to navigate the offseason to accommodate that and to set up the bears for gradual increase in their productivity in their wins and then eventually becoming a perennial playoff contender instead of what ended up happening during the naggy era where they were just a flash in the pan do you think that the front office is going to kind of look towards um free agency Uh, they can't really build through the draft because they traded so many picks for fields so what do you think the blueprint is going to look like. That's what I'm the most curious about going into the winter. 
Right, and that goes back to philosophy, right? That goes back to what do you want to be as a football team? So so that's why I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> you know, the answer always with the Chicago Bears, the problem is you don't know. You don't know what they want to build, what type of player are they going for. Okay, we'll get rid of Brian Erlacher. We'll switch everything over, bring in Brandon Marshall. We'll bring in uh, Jay Cutler. We'll bring in all Jay Cutler's best friends, and we'll bring in Tressman. We'll make that. We'll make a dynamic offense. But on, on the other side with Mel Tucker, our defense will be terrible, right? And then we'll switch back when John Fox comes. It will be all defense. And then when Nagy comes, we'll try to go offense. We won't be good at offense. And we'll be, they don't know. They have to decide what the, your philosophy guides who you keep, who you want to building, what type of player do you want there, right? So uh, my, my honest answer to you is, and like you said, they've traded some picks away. Uh, they have salary cap problems, right? Uh, Nick Foles probably has to go. Andy Dalton, what do you do with Robert Quinn, even though he's having a great year? He has a big number, right, because you move some of his money back. Uh, what do you do with Khalil Mack? Uh, what do you do with Allen Robinson? Uh, probably don't franchise him again. He's making $18 million this year. Uh, Jimmy Grant's probably gone. So some guys clear off your books, you know, but some guys are still on your books. And you have to clean that stuff all up. But you have to decide what you want to be. And I'm, I'm guessing who they hire will, will set that and set who they want. Or, or I don't know. You know, I've heard rumors about keeping Ryan Pace. So then someone asked Ryan Pace, what the hell are you? You know, Ryan Pace... Uh, uh, you know, he'll tell you what he is. You got to look at his draft picks, right? His first draft pick ever was Kevin White. So exactly what I'm telling you is by philosophy right there, who you take first, you're telling me who you are. You're telling me you want speed, athletic, dynamic guys. And if you look through his drafts from his first pick, you can tell who he's taking all the way through, right? Whether it be Kevin White, Leonard Floyd, uh, athletic guys who can run is who he wanted. It's who he thought the Chicago Bears should be. And it hasn't worked out. Olin, most uh, former players do not want to get into coaching because you guys have, have been there. You've seen the hours that go into it. You see how much you're away from your families. Um, you have a couple of future stars, uh, your sons playing college football uh, as well. So let me ask you this. Um, is coaching out of the question for you? And your name keeps coming up that people want you to go into administration in the front office, whether it's in a, a scouting role, a football operations type of role, uh, any interest? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I've stayed away from it because, like you said, Peggy, I do have six kids. Uh, my two, my two boys, my my younger boy James, uh, just joined Josh uh, at Illinois. Coach Bill called him and offered him a scholarship. It was a great day in our house. It was uh, it, it was fun. And I have four young girls, right? So I have I do have a lot of kids. But all that being said, um, as you know, football. I'm a football fanatic, right? And, and some things uh, you couldn't turn down if someone just offered you, which would be obviously way out of the question for the McCaskies and everybody at Hallis Hall. If someone just said, will you come in and help us uh, run the building, change the culture, change our philosophy and all those kind of things, uh, the answer would obviously be yes. Obviously, uh, you don't go in there for free, right? No one does work for free. Uh, the last time the Chicago Bears tried to get me, uh, uh, you know, full disclosure, Harry Heastan came in. He wanted me to be an assistant. I finally told him yes, that I would join him. Uh, the Chicago Bears offered me $15 an hour. So that is a true story. Uh, so that was a no, um, just because <laughs> some things have to be worth it if you're going to leave your family and, and go do work and, and work for people. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it, it was an interesting – I don't know, you know, uh, they couldn't have been serious if that was their offer, right? So I never really got to talk to anybody there. I only talked to Harry Heastan. Uh, he, they wanted me in there uh, to help coach the offensive linemen and help them train and stuff. I finally agreed to it. I told Harry, you know, just let me know what they're offering. 
I couldn't do it for that amount, <laughs> obviously. So uh, anyway, uh, uh, that's what I'm talking about, about the way you do things, about your philosophy, about the way you run the organization. And it's nothing to do with, with me. And uh, if they would want me there, I would love to do it. Uh, gosh, who wouldn't love to do that? Who wouldn't love to help them get better? I'll help Chicago Bears win football games in this city. If you love football, who the hell wouldn't want to do that? Uh, I would love to take a shot at it, uh, but uh, I don't think it'll happen. Uh, but but they do need to change some things there, obviously, uh, since the last time they won a playoff game was 2010 against the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. Well, to bring back an old joke between you and I, Olin, unless you get a TV, you're not going to have a lot more else to do. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> This is very true. This is very true. Hey, thank you so much. We really appreciate no you taking the time to join us. Really, we appreciate it. We, I, I appreciate your outspokenness. And um, I just, I, I think the world of you, you know that. And thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. I obviously didn't have, uh, I had a ton of respect for you while I played. I still do. You're one of the best to ever do it. And I appreciate you having me on. All right. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Pretty good. I'll see you guys later. I actually believe Olin was even holding back in that interview, to be honest with you, because I know how frustrated he has been. Uh, Jason, uh, let's get to some predictions. It is uh, the week after Christmas, and um, it's time for New Year's predictions, maybe. Let's make some New Year's predictions out of you. All right. So my first isn't like a specifically a New Year's prediction, but it's a prediction of two games that happen on New Year's Eve. So for the college football playoff, I am going to say some of the matchups are Alabama, no, Georgia and Michigan, and then Alabama and Cincinnati. I think that uh, Georgia is going to beat Michigan handily. I think that Michigan's strength of schedule, there's no strength in their schedule. So give me Georgia, give me the SEC opponent. I think that Alabama gets upset by Cincinnati. I have been so high on the Cincinnati team all year long. As a fan, I would love to see a group of five team play in the national championship. I don't even know when the last time that happened was. Last time it even came close to happening was Boise State over 10 years ago. So I want that to happen, and I think it's going to happen. Prediction number two, uh, MLB, they're in a lockout. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict that this lockout is going to run pretty deep into the new year. I'm going to say that the upcoming 2022 season is going to be delayed a little bit. They're still going to play 162 games, but I think it's going to be delayed. And then a little sub prediction on the side. I think some of the changes, three really quick ones. We're going to see universal designated hitter, draft lottery, salary floor. Boom. That's my CBA prediction. Okay. Uh, So number three, I think that the bulls are going to make a big move in the early portion of 2022 we talked to Casey Johnson a couple weeks ago, said that the Bulls are a little bit handicapped. They don't have too much capital to work with. But I think that the Bulls see what we see. I think that there is a championship window. The Eastern Conference and the NBA is probably more balanced than it's ever been in recent memory. So I think that the Bulls are going to get a stretch four. They clearly need that. I think that they're going to trade a first-round pick. I think that they could trade some of their veteran contracts, Elise Johnson, Troy Brown, someone like that. But that's my third prediction. Maybe all these predictions are a little bit of layups, but take the three and no days when you can get them. Okay. So I have some final thoughts and um, I think your dad, um, my husband uh, is might kill me for telling this story, but the end is important. Okay. Well, when he listens to this in 15 months, I don't think he's going to care. Okay. So 
he doesn't like to fly. He's a nervous flyer. And he, when he flies, sometimes he gets a nervous stomach. And so um, many years ago, um, my husband, your dad, was uh, flying home from, I don't know where, um, you know, a, a business trip. And he um, had a nervous stomach. And he was sitting on the end seat. And there was a, a little old lady that was sitting next to him in the seat next to him. And so, you know, what happens sometimes when you have a nervous stomach is you get a little gassy, right? So dad got a little gassy and um, let it go on the plane, uh, not once, not twice, but the entire flight. And at one point, the little old lady next to him just finally said, oh, good God, make it stop. <laughs> because... She pretty much had been gassed out by my husband's um, issues that he had on this flight. So it reminded me of my final thoughts when it comes to the Chicago Bears 2021 season. And all I can say is, please make it stop. I, I want to say really quick, I had never heard that story before. Like the jolt that went through my heart when you said little old lady, I thought it, you were talking about Virginia McCaskey. And I thought dad was just ripping ass next to Virginia McCaskey on the entire flight. So that story actually went a lot better than I thought it did. Okay. All right. So folks, um, if you like this episode, please let us know. Press the heart button. Like us. Tell your friends. Um, listen to some of our past episodes. Download them, please. Uh, and follow us so that you never miss a, another one. If you subscribe, then you will get a notice knowing when there is a new episode that has been posted. And don't forget, if you want to follow us on our audio platforms, we are on uh, Apple, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, Podbean Network. Uh, we are the Barroom Network on Podbean. Um, really, wherever you get your audio is available to us. Jason, I want to thank Olin. You can follow him on Twitter at Olin underscore Kruitz and on Instagram at Olin Kruitz as well. And where can people get the, our merchandise again, Jason? Wow. I thought you were just going to say the entire last part of the show. Uh, people can get the merchandise on our website, www.thesportscasterandherson.com. As my mom showed at the start of the show, we have plenty of great options. They actually can't be stocking stuffers because Christmas is past, but... Nothing better than a little late Christmas gift. I'm the king of that. I always forget to get gifts. So uh, if you there's anyone in your life that you care about, you forgot to get them a gift, go ahead and order some uh, Sportscaster and her son merch. I'm sure that they'll be happy to get it. And uh, yeah, happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thank you all for joining us. We will talk to you in 2022. And hopefully we have a lot of positive things to talk about it. Merry Christmas, Jason. Merry Christmas, Mom. All right. So long, everybody. The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years, electrically connecting our world. And by Foot First Podiatry. It's time to get your bunion fixed with Foot First Podiatry's exclusive Sklar Bunionectomy. No visual scars, no casts, no crutches, no kidding. Visit footfirst.com.